Hi there, and thanks for joining us on Call of the Week. I'm Ginger Rousey, and we're rolling through the end of March, and uh, Dr. Angela McClure is with us. Angela, for one, I'm for one, so happy to see this month go and see spring start to get here. It's really great to see the sunshine out. I, I agree, Ginger. We're, I think everybody has been really happy with, uh, with the sun and the warmer temperatures this week. Um, I think we actually do have some corn in the ground uh, last year. I know this time it was too cold and wet, but this year we've got a little bit of March corn planted. Um, did want to kind of touch on a couple of things around planting. Um, we're not quite out of the woods yet uh, as far as weather goes because I looked at the forecast. And it looks like we've got soil, our nighttime temperatures in the 30s this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night. So um, just kind of a heads up. Um, if you're planting corn, you do need to kind of watch for those extreme swings in temperature. Um, if you're, like for example, if we're planting today and it's in the 70s, mm-hmm. that corn seed hits the ground and there's plenty of moisture, um, the temperature tells it, hey, it's time to go and it'll start trying to take moisture in. Um, the first part of uh, germination is actually taking water in for about 48 hours. And when it's doing that, it can be a little bit susceptible to chilling injury. So if we <clears throat> plant too close to freezing temperatures, sometimes we can get in trouble and that can interfere a little bit uh, with seed germination. So just kind of keep an eye on those nighttime temperatures. Try not to plant uh, too close to a freeze. I think the old wives tale goes when the red buds bloom, you, it's time to plant corn, but obviously it's a little more scientific than that. Yeah, I think there was another one was, is it? oak leaf the size of a mouse's ear or okay. some, some, some tree leaf I don't remember uh, yeah but but yeah there there are a couple of those out there but but it it looks like this might be a little bit more typical for us as far as at least some warmer temperatures um, in the spring which is really helpful for corn so what are you hearing from um, the flooding in the Midwest is that going to have an effect on Tennessee corn planting or maybe even corn prices? Well, you know, I think everybody sympathizes with, you know, some of those states like Nebraska, and you can see those reports of all the damage um, to the fields, you know, their facilities, their structures, and all of that other uh, from the flooding. Um, you know, obviously, if it impacts a lot of acres that would go to corn, you know, there might be potentially fewer acres planted to corn overall. And, and for those in Tennessee that can plant, you know, there's always that hope that somehow that, you know, that positively impacts price for us. Um, I know some of the counties um, along the rivers that, that are dealing with floodwaters, um, you know, that, that are, uh, I think, coming up into the fields and then receding. They're not drying out, you know, right now. So in some cases, those fields that are, that are sitting in water or just staying wet um, are not obviously going to be a candidate for corn unless they dry out. Um, if they're irrigating, obviously they can, you know, plant corn into May, but if they're not irrigating, sometimes if, once it gets too late in April or into May, we start getting a little bit reluctant to plant um, a lot of dryland corn because we're never quite sure what our rainfall patterns are going to be in the summer. So, so some of those wet fields, uh, you know, if, if we, we don't dry out here pretty quick, uh, you know, may not be able to go to corn. What other things can producers uh, be thinking about and, and doing as they are starting to plant um, to to optimize that corn germination and then emergence? Well, obviously, one of them is the is the temperature. You know, we're we're hoping for some good weather. The other one, I think, um, is planter settings. Um, you know, sometimes in wet weather, you know, we're kind of pushing to try to get planted. You know, ideally, we would give the ground, you know, a, a few extra days to dry out. But, you know, if we've got rain in the forecast, we may want to push just a little bit. Um, 
It is important to close the furrow um, on corn. Obviously, you want to plant it deep enough, but you know, close that furrow because that keeps herbicides out of the furrow and away from the seed. Um, and it also helps uh, reduce slug damage if you can do a good job closing that furrow. Um, but sometimes in wet soils, you know, we tend to um, <clears throat> sometimes our planter, the equipment, uh, can actually cause um, a little bit of sidewall compaction, and that means either you're kind of sealing those sides of the furrow. Um, or in some cases, you might have your down pressure just a little bit too hard on those um, closing wheels where you're mashing that soil down around the, uh, the seed. Um, and sometimes that can cause some issues with those really early, um, they call nodal root development. That's just those early roots on seedlings that take up moisture and nutrients and kind of help give it a start. So just kind of be careful, try to try to let the soil dry out as much as possible and, and watch your planter settings. What about seed treatments, fertilizer, things like that? So most corn now comes with a, you know, a standard seed treatments. You know, there are some, some guys that do some additional insecticide seed treatments for cutworms and things like that. Um, as far as fertilizers, um, <clears throat> I know we've got, you know, trucks running now trying to put out P and K that we couldn't put out, you know, a few weeks ago because it was too wet. Uh, for corn, it is important, you know, if you haven't gotten that P and K on to go ahead and get it on, especially if you got lower testing soils, uh, because even though we're putting it out closer to planting, you know, that's still going to make a difference. If you've got low test soils, you need to get that material on. Um, with nitrogen, you know, again, uh, we do need some of that at planting as well. Um, our typical uh, recommendation is about a third of your total um, planned nitrogen, you know, put that out at planting uh, and then come back about V3 to V5 and put your side dress application on. Um, and that takes care of the nitrogen needs for corn. Um, it is particularly important if you're planting corn after a cover crop to not cut your nitrogen rate. You definitely need to put nitrogen out at planting and you don't need to cut your rate. Um, we have looked at cover crops. Um, I think there are certainly a lot of benefits uh, to cover crops and they can release nutrients to that crop as they break down. I think one of the issues is um, because everybody has different um, uh, combinations of species uh, different, you know, levels of biomass. It's really difficult for us to predict or tell a farmer exactly how much nitrogen they're going to get out of that cover crop and when it's going to be available. And it, it may not be available when the corn needs it. So use those fertilizers, you know, stay with your planned total nitrogen um, amount, um, even behind a cover crop. All right, Angela, before we close out, if people have follow-up questions, what's the best way to reach you? Okay, so I'll just give you my, my mobile number. That's probably the easiest, 731-394-0079. Thank you, Angela, and thank you for listening to Call of the Week. We'll talk next week. Call of the Week is brought to you by the University of Tennessee Institute of Agriculture and utcrops.com.